I'll call special session after special session after special session until a solution is reached. Governor Greg Abbott saying he is going to keep forcing Texas lawmakers back to the Capitol if that's what it takes. Still hoping to end the Texas House and Senate standoff on how to lower your property taxes. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. Good morning, I'm Sally Hernandez. The Texas Senate has been working on its own bills to provide property tax relief and increase penalties for human smuggling at the border. Last night, the Senate reconvened and then adjourned within an hour. They were supposed to vote on Senate bills tied to the border. Those bills can't go anywhere because the House already passed versions of those bills and adjourned last week before they left the Senate gridlocked. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick's proposal cannot make it through the legislative process without the House, so he's inviting them to come back. I invite Governor Abbott to a Lincoln-Douglas-style debate on this issue. This fight's over. I think the people have spoken. I think the facts and the data is clear. Patrick continuing to push his plan to raise the homestead exemption to $100,000, which he says helps homeowners more than businesses. But Abbott and the House say their compression plan helps everyone. It would send $12 billion to school districts so they can lower their tax rates. In a statement, Speaker Phelan's office said, in part, the Senate is keeping Texans waiting. We encourage the Senate to follow the House's lead, meaning the ongoing standoff will continue for the foreseeable future. Live look outside, we have a shot from the Austonian camera, and it's a beautiful start to your day. Kristen Curry here with uh, what we can expect later this morning. Good morning. We are going to be starting with a mainly cloudy sky across the I-35 corridor westward. A couple of spot showers just outside of Gillespie County. But for those in Fredericksburg, if you're seeing a little bit of that lightning, that's what that is. Those storms just outside of county lines. The rest of us dry as we begin the day. Here's a live look outside from our Lorenz and Lorenz 360 camera showing us those clouds. Our temperatures are very comfortable. We're sitting in the 70s here in Austin. I would say the majority of us will start the day in the upper 60s to low 70s before we kick in that warm up that eventually leads us to the 90s. We are back above 90 degrees today, getting closer to the average of 92. Now it won't be dry all day long, but our rain chances pretty thin today. They're only 20%. They start at 10% around lunchtime, but I'm thinking with the daytime heating, we get a good uh, scattered showers and storms at times, not expected to be severe, not expected to get a whole lot of us wet, but it is what it is. And we need rain, so we'll hope for a little bit more than what some of the computers are showing us. And I'm going to show you that here in just a few minutes. We'll talk about those spotty late day storms. But also, we've got an air quality alert in effect, and it's all about ozone today. So more on that, plus the timing of that 100-degree mark, triple-digit heat on the horizon. When to expect those hot temperatures Excuse me, coming up in your first morning forecast. Kristen, thank you. Two people are dead. Five others remain in the hospital this morning after a shooting at a Virginia high school graduation. That high school ceremony had just ended when the shots were fired, sending hundreds running in panic. Police say that that high school graduate and his father who were there died in the Richmond shooting. At least five others were shot, including a 14-year-old boy and four men ranging in age from 31 to 58. A nine-year-old was also hit by a car while trying to run away. They're still in the hospital this morning being treated for non-life-threatening injuries. Witnesses describing a chaotic scene. 
heard about 10 shots fired. And so the people standing in the back of the theater went down the back stairs and uh, theater security locked the back door immediately. We're supposed to be happy about people graduating. Um, we're supposed to be supporting one another, hugging one another, loving one another. And then a shooting happened. Come on now. Uh, I just think it's bad. It, we have to do better. Police say a 19-year-old suspect tried to run away, but officers later arrested him. And this morning in Austin, police are looking for the person who killed a 14-year-old girl at an apartment complex. Police now offering up to $1,000 for information leading to an arrest. We watched this story with you develop yesterday morning right here on KXAN News Today. It happened in North Austin near Dessau Road. This was at the bridge at Harris Ridge Apartments on East Howard Lane around 1.30 yesterday morning. APD says responders found the girl with head trauma and she was taken to a local hospital where she later died. Witnesses that say they saw the shooting said that an unfamiliar car was driving through the apartment parking lot and then just started firing round after round. All of a sudden you see a car come by and you see they steady blasting many shots of guns and just shooting and shooting and shooting. Then it goes around and goes around and kids start scattering. Anyone with information is asked to call the police department. You know, going in depth, this is the 31st homicide of the year for the city of Austin. Online right now at KXAN.com, we're tracking each one, including with this map showing where each murder has occurred. And January has been the deadliest month so far this year. If you want to explore the map yourself or see the other statistics about crime here in Austin, go to our website, KXAN.com, and click on this story. A bill is set to close the state's so-called dead suspect loophole. Where it's headed next. If you're headed to the airport this morning, how you can see how long you'll be waiting at the TSA checkpoints. A bill to close Texas's so-called dead suspect loophole is now in the governor's hands. More than a week since the regular legislative session ended, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick finally signing a police transparency bill. This is only after it mysteriously went missing. It was just strange. Investigator Matt Grant explains why he's raising questions about a bigger political fight happening behind the scenes. Yes, out of more than 1,240 bills passed this legislative session and sent to the governor, only one was never delivered until today, following our continued questions and push for accountability. That's a whole long story, but that will, will, that, will, that will take care of itself. It will take care of itself before you know it. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick officially signed House Bill 30, now sending it to the governor for final review before it can become law. Patrick's signature is both ceremonial and constitutionally required. It comes after a Senate journal clerk said the bill to end the dead suspect loophole was never delivered to the Senate to be signed. Yet records KXAN obtained showed it was delivered, and Patrick now saying it was all wrapped up in a deal with the House, passing this bill in exchange for passing one of the Senate's priorities. We passed their bill, HB 30 turned out to be, I didn't know what it was. They killed our bill when the Speaker huffed out and walked down and hit the gavel. So our bill was dead. When HB 30 returned to the Senate and a stack of other bills to be signed, I said, what's that bill all about? Let me see that bill. And I stuck it on my podium and it's been there for the last five days and always intended to be signed. 
The bill was a priority for House Speaker Dade Phelan. His spokesperson isn't buying this was an administrative slight, telling KXAN it's more clear now that they lied and tried to blame us. Receiving renewed attention after the Uvalde mass shooting, the loophole has been something KXAN's investigated for years. Its widespread use has allowed Texas police to withhold evidence in closed criminal cases when the suspect dies in their custody. It's a hard thing to keep revisiting. That's what happened with 18-year-old Graham Dyer. A decade ago in August, he died after Mesquite police repeatedly tased him during an arrest. Eventually learning what happened through a federal investigation, his parents have testified in four legislative sessions in support of the measure to close the loophole so no other family has to fight for transparency. We are excited for it and, uh, and very hopeful that, that it will be signed. The governor has not responded to our questions if he will sign the bill into law. The bill's author, Representative Joe Moody, who has tried unsuccessfully to pass it since 2017, tells us he doesn't mind waiting another week for it to reach the governor, as long as Texas families don't have to wait any longer for the answers they deserve. Back to you. It is one of the best-known roads in the Austin area, critical to Zilker Park. Why the city may be reducing lanes, though, on Barton Springs Road in the name of safety. New funding for public school students. How Austin Energy is trying to better help Austin students facing homelessness. Good morning. A live look outside from our Austin Tower camera. Westlake Hills looking back at downtown. We appreciate you being here with us on KXAN News today. And if you think Austin's Barton Springs Road is already too congested, this is right by Zilker Park, it could get worse. The city considering cutting down on the number of lanes in that popular section of road. Uh-oh, the proposed change would change the two-lane road to one lane in each direction between South Lamar Boulevard and AZ Morton Road. KXAN's the Hotter Rickman dug into how similar changes worked out in other parts of the city. Sits on a busy stretch of Barton Springs Road. I've seen changes down here a lot, uh, considerable changes, but none as drastic as what they're proposing right now. The city is proposing reducing traffic to one lane in each direction between South Lamar Boulevard and AZ Morton Road. I just think it's going to become so congested that people will no longer come by. The city says because they'll add lanes to the intersections, traffic will still be able to flow. So we asked them if they've done this method anywhere else before. Austin's Transportation Department says 51st Street between Berkman Drive and US 183 was also narrowed from two to one lane in each direction. Crews also made the intersections bigger. The department said the changes resulted in a 19 to 43 percent decrease in injury crashes. Bicyclists will get wider lanes and physical barriers from traffic. I like the bike lanes that are here. I wish they were cleaned more often. They're full of debris and broken glass. Steve Schaefer bikes every day in this area and says he'd rather see other safety improvements. There's lots of holes in the street that the city ignores. I could go on. Bahura Rahman, KXAN News. The Barton Springs Road Project still open to public comment until the end of the month. All right, if you are headed out to the airport this morning, you can now check in on the TSA wait time currently zero to 15 minutes. So we know this because the technology is now being used at checkpoints one and two west. Travelers can use the My TSA app to see wait estimate times. The data is not available on Austin Bergstrom's website though. It used to be. 
There also aren't any definitive plans to add the line times to the website. AUS expects to see about 30,000 passengers departing per day this summer. Leaders recommend people arrive two and a half hours early for domestic flights, three hours early if flying internationally. Mm. Have y'all ever showed up that early to the airport? Two and a half, not a chance. <laughs> no, not a chance. you? No. Yeah, I've never flown internationally either, though. But a domestic flight, it ain't happening. No. I was thinking about this this morning. You know, I I don't I have a hard time trusting when it shows good. You oh, know, yeah. I'm I like, uh, yeah. I don't think it would change my behavior if it says good. I'm still gonna go early. Yeah. But if it says bad, like yeah, we gotta right, go. Right, yeah. Right, it's right, like yeah. all of a sudden my behavior is yeah. like frantic. You know. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here because maybe you are traveling across the state. I'll tell you, as far as the flights go within state lines, we should be okay. We're not expecting widespread severe thunderstorms or anything and planes will be able to fly through what's going on up towards the north. Those are just general showers and a few isolated storms that are not severe. Your temperatures look good. Upper 60s to low 70s. It's mild out there. It is muggy, but 71 degrees is how we start our Wednesday here in the city. 69 Georgetown, 70 for our friends out in Bastrop. We've gotten this to Hill Country in the 60s. Where are we going today? We are going to the 90s. So we kick off a string of 90s this afternoon with the forecast high of 91 in Austin and a 20% chance of some spotty storms. Most of us will not see rain, but I think with some leftover boundaries, the daytime heating, the moisture in play, a couple of these spotty storms will try and get up. It will not likely be on the severe side. We're not transitioning into any sort of flooding concern. But some isolated to spotty rain showers and non-severe storms are possible this afternoon before everything quiets down later on tonight. Fewer storms and showers out there today compared to what we saw yesterday. High pressure is making it harder and harder for these storms to get going. And this is going to be the main player in our forecast moving forward here. The sinking air underneath it and really the blocking feature of this is going to keep the storm track well to our north. We are not expected to see any big weather makers moving through. But that being said, underneath that high with that sinking air, really it's pushing all the pollution down closer to the ground. And because of that today, we've got an air quality alert in play. And this is basically telling us that ground level ozone, because it is at an elevated level. Some of us with heart and lung disease, our kids, our, our seniors may be easily irritated by that. So maybe we spend a little more time inside this afternoon and get those uh, errands and, and play time done in the morning and late at night. Weekend forecast. Notice it's a little bit hotter. Temperatures will be on the rise all the way through next week, and we are still going to be tracking some high humidity. So as we put it together for you, you'll notice these rain chances are low. They're only 10 to 20 percent in the afternoon. Most of this happens late day and it disappears at night, but the temperatures climb 91 today, 93 tomorrow, upper 90s, late weekend of the weekend, and there you have it officially tracking what is likely to be our first 100 degree day sometime early early next week. Right now, my forecast calls for it Tuesday, but it's likely we'll see a few days with the threat of triple digit heat next week. Overnight lows will stay in the 70s. All right, thank you, Kristen. We've got some emails asking what's next for the Austin Convention Center expansion project. Yeah, so Cakes and Beers reached out to us and we took your questions to the city of Austin. Some asking how is the city paying for this $1.6 billion expansion? The city says money the convention center brings in itself and hotel occupancy taxes. Well, City Council also voted to raise the tax by 2% in 2019 for that expansion. Uh, another question we got, why is all that necessary?
The reason for our convention center expansion is to, uh, to grow large enough for the next 30 years so that we can continue to host the events that, that um, we have at the convention center annually and to acquire new business as well. Well, because of the expansion, South by Southwest said it will have to reimagine its event for a few years. The convention center will close for construction after the 2025 event. And the plan is to reopen the new building before South by Southwest in 2029. For some context on this, the Austin Convention Center is the 59th largest in the country. However, Austin is the 10th largest city in the country. COVID provided an opportunity for a number of cities to kickstart projects in anticipation of the pandemic ending and those conferences returning. Dallas and Arlington both have projects underway, as does Denver. At the start of the year, Seattle opened a multi-billion dollar addition to double the capacity of its convention center. And as we mentioned earlier, we started digging into these questions after viewers reached out to ask. So grab your phone if you can and scan this QR code. If you have questions that you want answered, you can report it and you can send it to our section online. You can submit your questions or your tip and we'll hopefully get some answers for you. Today, water levels are going to reach their peak following that explosion at a major dam in Ukraine. It is threatening hundreds of thousands of people, according to the Ukrainian government. Ukraine accuses Russian forces of blowing up the dam, which sits on the Dnipro River. The major waterway bisects front lines in the south, and since water levels will peak today, it's going to take days before it recedes. This also impacts safe drinking water to hundreds of thousands of people. And as for Europe's largest nuclear power plant, Zaporizhia, officials say that at this point the reactors remain off and that this should not at least impact operations, but something that is being closely monitored. Actors could be the next to go on strike with union actors represented by SAG-AFTRA voting to authorize a strike if they do not agree on a new contract with major studios, streamers, and production companies by June 30th. At stake is increased base compensation, the threat of artificial intelligence, and benefit plans. The strike vote comes over a month after the Writers Guild of America began striking over its own dispute with the producers union. Now there is a new memorial this morning over in Georgetown to honor the 75 pets lost in that pet resort fire. This was back in 2021. Yeah, now $25,000 worth of improvements are added, including new agility courses, seating areas, and a memorial with the names of all those pets who died. However, it's a small consolation for some. I think that it's difficult for us to truly say that there's closure. Uh, what they've done is they've transitioned from just that utter hurt to a, a very uh, pointed help to a hope for a better uh, future and tomorrow to where we have these small victories. No employees were inside the Ponderosa Pet Resort when that fire started and the building didn't have any fire sprinklers. At the time, Georgetown didn't require them to be installed, but the city updated its building code last year to require those fire sprinklers in kennels. Just days after the state sent a meeting to consider acquiring Fairfield State Park through eminent domain, the developers purchasing the property have expressed their astonishment, they say, about the possibility. The park is about 70 miles east of Waco and has been subject to passionate debate about its future. And in a letter to Parks and Wildlife Commissioners, partners at Todd Interest, which is set to develop the land, said that Texas Parks and Wildlife declined to purchase the land twice. 
The letter then goes on to say that Texas Parks then tried to interfere with the contractual rights of private parties through threats, intimidation, and misstatements of facts trying to purchase the property for less than we were paying. That's a quote. Parks Department is meeting Saturday to attempt to get control of the land. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Hi, good morning to you. There are three national championships to be decided in the college calendar. Baseball, softball, and track and field. NCAAs in Austin beginning today, going through Saturday. Longhorns are number one on the women's side, number nine on the men's side. This is the second time they've hosted since 2019. That happened to be head coach Edric Florial's first year at Texas. I can guarantee I feel a lot better than I felt in 2019. Um, it was sort of uh, getting started and then just trying to change culture and try to uh, create an identity. Uh, I mean, this, this place stands for itself. This is not about what the heck I'm doing. You know, there's people that built it way before me. I'm just a guy that sort of slapped a little coat of paint and you know, take a dust and the broom and clean it up a little bit and, and kind of do it. So I'm not going to take credit for what the University of Texas accomplished in at the highest level. Uh, it's way bigger than me. He's certainly done his part. Well, the Texas Rangers doing their part on the day they find out that Pitcher Jacob DeGrom is out for the year. He'll need surgery. They go to work on the Cardinals again. Marcus Simeon, 25-game hit streak now. That three-run double is the difference as the Rangers beat the Cardinals. And they now sit at 40-20 and 20 on the season. That's your look at sports. Back to you. Thank you, Roger. We got one more for you. The golf world waking up this morning stunned about a major shakeup. The rival PGA Tour and Live Golf merging. This deal is going to combine the two into a yet-to-be-named for-profit company. Live Golf is backed by the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, an entity controlled by the Saudi Crown Prince. And it's been embroiled in antitrust lawsuits with the PGA Tour in the last year. The new deal would end all pending litigation. Surprised is an understatement. I think the golf world, including the biggest names in the sport, were stunned. I don't think anybody saw this coming. This came as a massive surprise, even to players. Some of the top ones not knowing about this. Coming up this morning on Today, what motivated these two sides to form the partnership? Thanks for joining KXAN News Today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.